Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. appreciate uh, that testimony by uh, Jess, and I thank God he kept us. Yes, Amen. Jesus. And it's so nice when your kids can give you clarity spiritually. Amen. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Not too proud to take, take uh, good nuggets and stuff from my kids. Amen. You, because, you know, we, we don't know it all, and I thank God that People can speak in our lives and help us out. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to say uh, thank you. Well, I know uh, Maria was the point person there, and thank so I, I'm sure you were all speaking through thank her, and she was speaking thank some you. personal things as well. But uh, thank you, Maria, yes. for all those kind words, yes. and thank you, everybody, for the cards and yes. the flowers and the gifts and and uh, and honoring, especially my wife and kids, because I couldn't do it without them. Amen. There is no way at all I could do it without them. And, and I, I'm so thankful for my family and, uh, and for uh, all the help that they, uh, they give in the ministry. Uh, it's a great team effort. Amen. And I uh, just uh, appreciate, uh, like my wife said, uh, we, we love this. We, God called us here, and we know it. And uh, we're, we're just thankful that uh, we have the privilege of being uh, your pastor and family, amen, and we always appreciate your prayers, we pray for you uh, always, and uh, we're, uh, you know, we are just uh, wanting to uh, all go go to heaven together yes. someday, yes. and just Thank go down that Jesus. road for him, amen, and keep us all uh, on the, you know, on that road as best we can uh, through all life happening to us. Amen. Thank God. So, thank you. I love you guys. Love everyone. Amen. And we're so glad you're part of our church. Amen. It's our church. I didn't say my church. It's our church. Praise God. Amen. Matthew 13, 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath and buyeth that field. Lord, thank you for your word. It's already anointed. Bless it to our ears and our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say, Amen. Clap your hands and you may be seated. Praise God. I want to preach about treasure this morning. I want to preach about treasure. Amen. You know, when I think of treasure... I think of pirates. I think of mystery and intrigue. And I know the pirates are bad people, pretty much. And they were robbing people. And their, their treasure was somebody else's treasure. But still, you think about pirates' treasure. You think about buried treasure. You think about all the exploits and, and things surrounding those, those guys of old. Uh, especially when it came to hiding their treasure and they made maps, you know, obscure maps. Some maps were very, very creative. 
where they shaved somebody's head bald and they tattooed the map and then let that guy grow his hair back and said, yeah, now try to find that map. That's a hidden treasure map. Or all kinds of maps on, on pieces of leather or, or old paper and buried here. Or this is a clue and that's a clue to try to even get to the map. All kinds of things to try to find that hidden treasure. Amen. Uh, and, you know, there, there have been many treasure hunters. You know, over there you can read about them. And there's treasure hunters and treasure seekers. There's people that right now probably out in the oceans trying to find treasure, you know, deep diving deep down or up in mountains or in caves or whatever, trying to find some kind of treasure. Amen. They sacrifice all they have, even risk their health and their very lives traversing the globe in hopes of finding what they seek. They hunt treasure on remote islands, and they hunt at the bottom of the ocean for sunken ships, and they hunt treasure in lost cities and lost civilizations, and they hunt for treasure in subterranean and mountaintop caves, but sadly, so many of them never find what they're looking for. But I'm here to talk to you about a treasure that you can find and you can have, and it's the greatest treasure ever found. It's greater than these priceless treasures that have been pulled up from the ocean or found or buried somewhere. Amen. I'm talking about the treasure of the kingdom of God. Praise God. Amen. You know, the man in the parable, he could not take possession. He's, I don't know how it happened. If he's walking through this field that belongs to somebody else, and he just, you know, he kicks over a rock or what he's doing in there. Amen. But he finds a valuable treasure. And then he goes, oh, my goodness. And then he, like, hides it back, moves the rock back or whatever. And then he's, he's got some decisions to make. Well, the land doesn't belong to me, so this treasure's not mine or whatever. So what do I got to do to take possession? So he had to, uh, uh, you know, he had to buy the field. And because back in those days, especially in Jewish law, when you owned the property, whatever was on that property, all the way down, the middle of the rights, I know right now, like, you might own your house. And if you find gold, you know, oil on your property, you might not own the mineral rights to your property. You, you know, you might just, you know, own about a foot deep or whatever. I don't know what it is. I'm just making it up, you know. You know, you own like blow the grass and that's about it, you know. But you might not own all that, but they owned everything in that, uh, in that law back then. So he knew and he went and he had to sell all that he had to get enough money to buy the, the field just to get the treasure. That's how valuable that treasure was to him. Amen. It was so awesome and priceless that he sold it all. The very next two verses talk about another comparison to the kingdom of God. These are some type, like, type of parables uh, comparing the kingdom of God. And he said in verse 45, and again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man. So now this is a businessman. And his job was to seek out good, goodly pearls. Uh, he went out about the whole world finding, going to the Orient, going where, where pearls uh, and, where, and, and oysters were common, where good pearls could be found, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. This was an expert in pearls. Amen. He had been seeking uh, pearls all his uh, adult life uh, as long as he was in this trade. But he came across the mother of all pearls. He came across the greatest pearl of price, a priceless treasure. Amen. And it appears the first man 
maybe stumbled across the treasure in the field. And the second man was actively seeking some sort of treasure when he found the greatest treasure of all. And in our lives, sometimes we stumble across, even though it's God's will for us to find the treasure. Sometimes, uh, amen, we just happen across it. Well, of course, we don't believe in happenstance, but that's kind of like how it happens. And other times people are seeking after something. They're seeking after God, but they don't know there's so many gods out there. There's so many religions. They're seeking after something that's higher than them. Amen. And then when they find the real treasure, you've got to sell all that you have. Metaphorically speaking, give all that you've got. Give your whole heart. So that you can have that treasure. Both of these stories required the purchases to sell all they had to buy it. And once we purchased this treasure, we got to cherish it. Amen. We got to protect it with all of our hearts and all of our souls. Amen. We have, in other words, we need to treasure our greatest treasure. Amen. I'm talking about you know, treasure as a verb and treasure as a noun. We need to treasure our greatest treasure. Proverbs 23, verse 23 said, Buy the truth and sell it not. Amen. When God shows you the truth, when God shows you his treasure, when you see it, amen, you got to buy it. you got to put your whole, how do you buy it? With your heart, mind, strength, and soul. You put your everything into it. Amen. It's more important than anything else in your life. Amen. we we got we to gotta buy it and sell it not. It's not for sale. That goodly pearl, amen, that treasure... I bought that field and that treasure's mine. I'm not selling it. Amen. You know, I remember when Solomon died. And that's pretty much when the, the, the glory of the kingdom of Israel died. A little pretty much. Amen. When you read all the kings that came after him. And they were all relatives. Obviously, that his son took the throne. His name was Rehoboam. He caused a grief. He caused a split in the kingdom. Amen. And he caused so much trouble that God was so upset with him and what he did with the nation that God said, you know, I'm going to let Egypt come and teach you guys a lesson. And so Egypt came, 2 Chronicles 12, verse 9. So Shishak, king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem. He took away the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house. He took all. He carried away also the shields of gold which Solomon had made. Solomon had made some shields of gold. I'm talking about solid gold shields. And he had them in the treasure house. And along with all the rest of the, the treasures, amen, he took the treasures from God's house. He took the treasures from the king's palace and those golden shields. And you know what he, he made? Rehoboam said, oh, well, got our treasure stolen. What are we going to do about it? And then he, he replaced the shields of gold with shields of brass. Let me tell you something, folks. Amen. There's no substitute for the pearl of great price. There's no substitute for that valuable treasure you find in the Lord. Amen. You cannot just, I'll just make the same looking shields, but they'll be out of brass. Last time I checked, brass was a lot more cheaper than gold. Amen. I mean, silver is more, more expensive than brass, but gold is the top thing we got here. Amen. And he was satisfied. Oh, well, we'll just replace him with brass. 
You see, gold is symbolic of deity, and deity is what God is. Amen. God is gold. Amen. When you hear about gold in the tabernacle, when you hear about wood that was overlaid with gold, there's your God manifest in flesh. Amen. The wood was the human side, and the gold was the God side. Gold was deity. Amen. And and gold, and there's no substitute for gold in our lives. In other words, there's no substitute for God in our lives. Amen. We can't just put something else up on the shelf in place of something. When we allow someone to take that treasure that we spent all to get, we got to remember how we got that treasure. And we need to keep it treasured in our lives all the way through. We can't allow the enemy to steal our treasure because there's nothing we can put in its place. There's nothing that even comes close to replacing the value in our lives. You know, King Hezekiah, he was one of the good kings. You know, several generations down from Solomon, Hezekiah came. He turned the people back to God. He got rid of the idols and he cleaned out the house of God. He did a lot of things. He, he kind of ended up bad, though. Amen. Because he was he, he came, he came sick with the sickness that was unto death. And Isaiah the prophet came and said, set your, your house in order. You're going to die. And Isaiah walked out the door. And Isaiah wasn't even out at the, at the gate of his house of his palace uh, when, when uh, Hezekiah turned toward the wall and said, Lord, I've been zealous, zealous for you. I've been trying to do your will. Would you please have mercy and give me some more time? And then Isaiah got to the, the palace door and was ready to go out to the street and God said, go back. I got, you got to go tell him something. And he goes back and said, because of your prayer and I saw your tears, I'm going to give you 15 more years. So he gave him 15 more years. But Hezekiah didn't use those years wisely. Amen. And the king of Babylon, you heard about Babylon. They're not a big player in the situation at this point in history. But they were going to cause Israel grief down the road. The king of Babylon came to Hezekiah after he was healed and went and wished him, you know, well wishes and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it was like a, you know, like a promotional and political trip, you know, feel good and just brought him a, like a get well card or whatever. And the Bible said in 2 Kings 20 verse 13, Hezekiah hearkened unto them, the king of Babylon and his entourage, and he showed them all the house of his precious things, the silver and the gold and the spices and the precious ointment and all the house of his armor and all that was found in his treasures. There was nothing in his house nor in all his dominion that Hezekiah showed them not. Can you believe it? He showed them everything. Yeah, the Babylonian king might have been a seemingly a nice guy, but he's also another enemy king, too. You don't show him everything you got. That's like, you know, if, if some thief comes to your door, you know, and you don't even know he's a thief. You, hey, why don't you all come, come on in? Yeah, there's the safe over there. And over here is, you know, Grandma's old, you know, jewelry box. That's got to be worth a bunch of loot. And oh, look over there. Hey, go, don't go over there. What are you doing? Well, I'm just, you know, he's just coming over to give me a hug because I was sick. How was I supposed to know he was going to be coming back to take all my stuff? Because he showed it to him. What happens in your car when you leave your... You know, some people have to leave their car in their driveway or on the street. What's a good idea to do? Leave everything valuable up on the dashboard and on the seats and everything? And I mean, why don't you put some flashing lights and say, Hey, look at this! Very expensive watch! Oh, laptop computer! Let's leave the screen open. Take me, take me, take me, take me. You don't do that. Amen. 
I leave my truck in my driveway. I don't put anything out there. Because they'll take it. Oh, look, some grocery bags. You know, I try to even not even leave the grocery, you know, those grocery bags. I'm not paying 10 cents. Oh, no. They're not going to get me. I'm going to buy those usable ones, those bigger ones, and I'm going to use those. Amen. But you don't do that. And then God told Isaiah to go and tell him. He said, he said, who were those men that you were showing around? And 2 Kings 20, 15 said, he said, yeah, and, and he goes, what, what have they seen? He goes, he said, what have they seen in my house? And Hezekiah said, all things that are in my house have they seen. There's nothing among my treasure that I've not showed them. And then Isaiah proceeded to give him a dire prophecy of what was going to happen because of what he did. It wasn't the only reason this prophecy was going to take place, but he didn't help the situation. Verse 17, Behold, the days come that all that is in thine house and that which thy fathers have laid up in store unto this day shall be carried into Babylon and nothing shall be left, saith the Lord. Amen. He told Hezekiah, By showing the king of Babylon all your treasures, you just planted seeds that are going to bring forth some bad fruit from generations from now, and all your descendants are going to have some trouble because of that. Amen. And I couldn't believe the shocking response that Hezekiah gave to Isaiah. He said in verse 19, Then Hezekiah said unto Isaiah, Good is the word of the Lord which thou hast spoken. And he said, Is it not good if peace and truth be in my days? Let me give you that to you in uh, 20, 2019 uh, English. Hey, at least it's not going to happen in my day, so who cares? Woo! That's the RJB translation. <laughs> Isn't that a very selfish thing for him to say? What about your kids? What about your country? You need to pass this treasure down to your kids. You need to tell them about this treasure. You, need, you don't need to be telling people, amen, well, at least it's going to be, well, I'm going to be fine. You know, I, I know I got 15 years, so as long as I'm good for the next 15 years. And then his son, when he took over, his name was Manasseh. He was the worst king that they had. And what, that prophecy started getting on the fast track when Manasseh took over and he took the nation down the dark path. Amen. I'm telling you, folks. Praise God, we have to value this treasure enough to guard it so we can pass it down to the next generation. Amen. This is not just a church for today. Amen. If God tarries, this is a church for tomorrow. This is a church for all the kids who are in Sunday school. Amen. This is a church for them. We need to pass it down. And if we give away our treasure and let it be stolen, we're not going to have anything to give. Amen. So the kingdom of heaven is synonymous with the kingdom of God in the Bible. Amen. What's the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God? It's something we need to always keep and seek first in our lives. Amen. And Luke 17 tells us about the kingdom of God. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, because remember he said the kingdom of God is your treasure. And the kingdom of God is your treasure. Just remember that. The kingdom of God is your treasure. And so he said when the, he was the man of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God doesn't come with observation. 
Neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Amen. What's the kingdom of God? That's your treasure. What's your treasure? It's something that God puts inside of you. The kingdom of God is the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know what keeps this church together? The Holy Spirit. You know what keeps this church moving in the right direction? The unity comes from the same Spirit, the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. And it's not here. It's not just on this corner. It's not a geographic place. It is within us. Wherever we go, that's the kingdom of God because we bring the kingdom with us. So when you go to your schools and your colleges, you bring the kingdom with you. Amen. When you go to your neighborhoods, when you go to your job, you bring the kingdom with you. Amen. The kingdom of God is where God's presence is in a special way. That's why Moses, you know, he goes up on the side of the mountain with a burning bush and God speaks to him and said, take your shoes off. This is holy ground. He goes, man, I've been through this ground all the last 40 years. It was never considered holy ground. He goes, well, the, uh, the kingdom of God's here right now. I'm here right now. I'm about ready to give you a call to go and be a deliverer. Amen. So right now it's the kingdom of God and it's holy ground. So I don't care where you work. I don't care where you live. I don't care. You can change that place even if it's a, a, a dark place. Even if it's a, a place, amen, that's, uh, you know, that, that vexes your soul and you have to fight. Amen. With your spirit about stuff. Amen. You can bring the kingdom with you. Amen. Remember, light is more powerful than darkness. Good is more powerful powerful than evil, praise the Lord. And God is much more powerful than the devil, praise God. The kingdom of God is not a place, it's an experience. Romans 14, 17, for the kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Holy Ghost is in us. Amen. And it's righteousness, peace, and joy. That's the treasure. Amen. People have money, but they don't have joy. People have you know, things, but they don't have peace. Amen. And you know what's the treasure? You know what's valuable? Joy and peace and righteousness. Not your righteousness, but God's righteousness. Being able to put your head on a pillow and sleep at peace like a baby. That's priceless. Amen. Knowing that your health is not just in the hand of a doctor, your health in the hand of the great physician, Jesus Christ. I thank God for hospitals. I thank God for doctors. But when they say sorry, we can't do anything else, I don't say, I'm not sorry. I'm still serving the, the, the true God, the healer of all diseases. And there's a healer in the house today. Praise God. Woo! And he wants to heal you today. The treasure is in the house because you we brought him with us. We brought him with us. Amen. The treasure of the kingdom of God is our precious salvation. Amen. It's all having it's also having a good understanding of who Jesus is. He's not just another man. He wasn't just a magician. He wasn't just a good teacher. He was actually God and he manifests in human form. Amen. And he did all those miracles. We can believe it. Praise God. 2 Corinthians 4, 7, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Amen. 
We're the vessel. We're walking around. And a lot of people are walking around very empty. They're walking around not knowing what their purpose is and why they're here. And that's why a lot of them get depressed and get anxious and they don't know what's happening. And they just see all kinds of stuff. They don't know where they belong and where to, where to fit and all that stuff. What they need is to find the treasure. Amen. And sell all they got and get that treasure. And once you get the treasure, you feel that emptiness, and you're complete in Him. Praise God. The treasure lives inside our hearts and souls. It is Christ in us, the hope of glory. Amen. It's having the baptism of the Holy Ghost dwelling inside of us. Though we find the treasure on earth, it did not originate on earth. Amen. Remember I said in Sunday school, when they got the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 2, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Amen. This treasure came from heaven. It's like, well, like you know, one of those, when those meteorites come flying down, and hey, this, this, this metal is not of this world. Well, this treasure is not of this world. Amen. It's from another world. It's God's treasure. It's power. And we find this treasure and we give all we have for it. We better turn around and we better hide it in a place where nothing or nobody can bother it. I know a place, Matthew 6, 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Amen. If we truly are looking to go to heaven, then that's where our treasure should be. Amen. From where they came, our true treasure is not the things we accumulate. Yes, it's nice to have nice things. It's nice to have some what I call walking money. Tell my wife, I go, I got to have some walking money. You know, you get up to, you know, because I'm a guy who likes to use cash. Remember that old-fashioned stuff called cash? And you go on airplanes now, no cash accepted. Get out of here. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to go to the airport and get something to eat. We don't accept cash in this restaurant. All right, now you guys are bugging me. I got to use my credit card, and I know everybody's using their, you know, they're not even using a credit card anymore. They're just going, with their phone and everything's just all touch and go and it's cool and well you know but I still like cash you know what I mean hey that's five dollars here's a five dollar bill thank you it's nice doing business with you amen praise God praise God but where your treasure is there will your heart be also let's put our treasure in heaven amen and let the treasure that came from heaven be our treasure and not these other treasures. Amen. The only place that will qualify to hide our treasure is a place where the treasure came from, and that's heaven. Colossians 3, verse 1. I love this passage. If then, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on the things of the earth. For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Your soul is your greatest treasure beside what God puts in your heart. And when you get the Holy Ghost and it gets connected in with the soul, you're talking about the greatest and most valuable thing that you have, the treasure from heaven mixed with the soul worth more than the whole world. Amen. And that's something, praise God, you're dead, your old self is gone, and you need to live for God now, and you, we are hid with Christ in God. And verse 4, when Christ, who is our life, everybody say, when Christ, Christ. who is our life. life. See, if Christ is our life, then we got got the treasure all in the right place. 
if Christ isn't our life, and it's just kind of part-time, or we just let Christ in every once in a while, then we're going to be in trouble. We're not going to be overcomers in God. But when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then we shall also appear with Him in glory. And when we gave all this treasure, our whole life died, and our, amen, and we, we now hide it with Christ, who is now our life. I love this, Galatians 2.20. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. I got the treasure in me now. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. This treasure is worth fighting for. It's a day by day. Amen. We've got to fight to keep the treasure in, in, in our hearts and keep it hid in the right place. If need be, this treasure is even worth dying for. And once we possess this priceless treasure, we must daily get acquainted with it. We must know the, the, all the workings of it. Amen. The Word of God and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And, the, and prayer and all these things work with that treasure. We've got to get into that, folks. So many people are becoming experts on everything else. Let's become experts with God. Let's become, let's become experts on God's treasure. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Philippians chapter 3 verse, uh, verse 13. It says, I count myself to not, have, uh, not to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press Toward the mark of the high, of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, Amen. Praise God. In other words, He's saying, you know what? I, I don't know it all. I, I haven't arrived because I haven't apprehended. But He said, "This one thing I do. I'm not going to let the past drive me. I'm not going to let the past cause me grief. I'm not going to let the past make me quit." Amen. But I'm going to put my old self. I'm going to die and put my old self in the past, and I'm going to reach forth. Under those things which are before me, because there's a treasure up in front of me, amen, and it's a, it's a prize, and that prize is the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, amen. And until we're born again, we'll not even be able to see the treasure of the kingdom of God, let alone enter into the treasure of the kingdom, amen. We must be born again, folks. What does that mean? I got to repent of my sin. I got first. I got to believe there's a God and that He died for me, and then I got to repent of my sins. Ask God to forgive me. Amen. We do that the first time, and we ask God to, all of our previous sins, and then we. It's an ongoing thing, and then I repent. And after I repent, I, I'm baptized. Amen. In water, in the wonderful name of Jesus, praise God, and then I'm filled with His Spirit, which is. The, tre the treasure is the gospel. The treasure is our salvation. The treasure is Jesus living inside of us. It's all connected. Amen. What does it take to gain possession of the greatest treasure of all? There's, there's one verse that just kind of sums it all up. Acts 2.38. When Peter got done, pre after the Spirit was poured out in Acts chapter 2, which was the beginning of the church, Peter preached the first sermon. And he basically told all those people, he goes, hey, you guys crucified the Lord of glory. It was the will of God, but, you know, you didn't realize what you were doing. And they were all convicted in their heart, all these thousands that were listening to him at the Feast of Pentecost, on that day of Pentecost. And, and uh, when he got done preaching, they yelled from the crowd, many of them that were feeling bad about the whole thing. 
and they were feeling convicted and they wanted to make the wrong right, they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? In other words, what can we do to right this wrong? What can we do to be saved? What can we do to get this treasure you're talking about? And Peter answered with this one verse, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission, which means forgiveness, washing away of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's the gospel message. Death, burial, resurrection. Repentance, baptism, and receiving the Holy Ghost. That's how we get the treasure. And after we either search for it and find it or stumble across it, whatever hour we found it, that's how we get it. We sell all that we have. Amen. Lord, I give you all. Lord, I surrender all. Lord, it's all yours. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Would you stand with me? What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast. And may God bless you.